You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. So let's jump into this real quick. I, w- I want to talk a little bit about the lies Selfie tells us. We've th- I've thrown some things at you uh, kind of like this uh, all along, but let me share some of the lies of a selfie culture. A selfie will make your day better. That's what you kind of think. A selfie's going to make my day better. A selfie will make a moment better, okay? I mean, there is a little bit, I don't know, kind of an endorphin kind of thing going on or whatever. So you do feel better for a little while, but it doesn't change your day. Now, uh, uh, unless you got a selfie with Harry and Megan, Y'all know who that is, right? And if you got a selfie with them, okay, maybe that would change your day. You'd be, uh, but a selfie's not going to really change your day. Uh, second, uh, filters make people see what we want them to see. Now that's what we think sometimes. But you know what? A lot of people, when they see you and they see you with all that cleaned up and everything, and maybe a filter or whatever, what a lot of people are thinking is, what are they trying to hide? So people don't always see what we want them to see with a filter. Third. Uh, more and different selfie poses will increase my social status. That if I take more selfies, if I, I post a lot of different kinds of selfies, that's going to increase my social status. Wait, 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 what is this? Is this a competition? Is, it, is this what this really is? Because is, we got to, you know, leapfrog other people. and we got. Then what, what is, it, is it that we're competing for? Who is it we're competing against? What is this deal of this competition? What is it that, that makes us want to do this? Uh, number four. Posting selfies connects me with many more friends. Okay, at some point, we're going to have to go back and look up the definition of friends again, okay? <laughs> because when we talk about friends, <laughs> social media friends, you know, we, we need a refresher on what a friend really is. Because these people aren't even acquaintances, you know, that all they see is just that little bit of stuff. That, so that's not even what we're talking about. Uh, number five, you can obtain all the attention you want with a selfie. But the problem is, sometimes, like when you post that duck face selfie, the attention you're getting may not be the attention you actually wanted, (laughs) right? Uh, And number six, this is the last one, posting selfies make me fit in. I'm normal. So again, what is this drive to be fitting in and normal with all of this, okay? Because here's the reality, is selfies lie. That's the reality, selfies lie. Selfies are a lie because uh, when we post them, we're, we're just showing that little bit, little quick little snapshot. We're cleaning it up. You know, like, like we, uh, we said that first week, we were talking about how, how long people take, you know, seven and eight minutes to post one selfie because they got to get it just right. You know, they got to put the filter on, you know, they got to smooth out, you know, all of that rough stuff, you know, got to get, oh wait, the angle wasn't exactly right. The lighting wasn't exactly right and all of that. You know, I, and I wondered, and I asked, you know, what, I didn't understand what the deal was all the young ladies doing the duck face. What is the deal with the duck face? And so it was explained to me that when you do the duck face, you know, kind of, you know, it, it kind of uh, narrows out your, your face. Yeah, that, that's a cool look, right? Yeah, it narrows out your face, highlights your cheekbones. So, you know, it kind of gives that, that look, you know, and, you know, that that's the reason they do it, you know. And so you do that with a duck face and, you know, Everything looks more awesome, you know, if you got a duck face. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm told, you know, whatever. And me, now we guys, we wouldn't do anything like that, would we? We wouldn't uh, any, try to, try to make, make ourselves look better on there than we actually do. We wouldn't beef anything up, would we? That's what we did. That's, that's why selfies lie. Okay. I would like, if I could, 
right now before <coughs> I get into real in, in, into the meat of this message, I would really like I would really like a deep moment with you. I would like a serious, deep moment with you as, as your pastor. Because every week, not every other week, not occasionally, every week, somebody gives me a prayer, somebody tells me a prayer need, they give me a prayer request. They want me to pray about something. And this week has been extremely heavy on me. Just a heavy, a heavy burden for people that are hurting. You know, what would really be easy for me is if you said, Pastor, I want you to pray about so-and-so. And for me to say the prayer, say amen, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, I don't have to worry. It would be really easy to, amen, and just say the prayer, say amen, because that's what you asked for. But that's, that's just not the way it works with the pastor's heart, okay? The pastor doesn't feel, all I got to do is say a prayer, say amen, and hey, I'm done with it. No, because I realize I might be, it's, it's over maybe for me when I say amen, but it's not for you. Whatever that is, you're living in that. You're dealing with that. You're struggling with that. It, it's, it's hurting you. It's, it's pulling you down. It's destroying your relationships. It, it, it's, it's destroying some little part of your life, even if it's only a little small thing. And, and so when... When you share that with me, I, I, I'm, and this week has been one of those weeks. It's like, God, you've, you've got to give me something to help these people, God. My people, your people, and your children, God, that are struggling, that are, that are desperate. I mean, you, you didn't really just want a prayer, did you? Don't you really want something to work out? Don't you really want a miracle to happen? You didn't want just a prayer. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that you really don't want me to just say a prayer. You're really wanting something to happen. So I'm asking God, God, help us see this. And so, you know, one of the reasons I like this term up here, selfie culture, is um, because, of, because of what it, what it helps us understand. I like it because it, it's, it's not a term that you've probably heard a lot. I mean, you know, if I were to use the term selfishness, you know, everybody knows that. You might even start thinking about somebody when I say selfishness. But really, what we're talking about in this sermon series is not really just the selfishness because a lot of us get caught up in the selfie culture and we're really not selfish people. That we really want to do something for somebody else. That we want to help somebody else. That, you know, this, this generation that's coming up now, I mean, they really are. They, they really want to change the world. They want to do something to change the world. So it's not selfishness and it's not even conceit. I think that's what some people think, and it's, but it's not even conceit because a lot of the people get caught up in, in for se selfies, for instance, a lot of people that get caught up in snapping those over and over and over and over and posting them, they're not doing it because they're conceited and they think they look better than everybody else. They're, they're actually doing it because they don't know how other people feel about them, and they're worried about them. So it's not a conceit thing. It's not a selfish thing. That's why I like this, this new thing, you know, so it, you're not focusing on selfishness means one thing conceit means one thing we're just thinking about this 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 selfie culture so I, I like that we've got a little different term right here there, there are three things about selfies that that I think point point this out about what we're talking about in this message and, and the first one is what we see when we take a selfie what do you see when you're taking the selfie when we edit the selfie what do we see <laughs> you know when we post the selfie what do we see the only thing we see is ourselves. You know, we don't see anything else. There's nothing else around. 
And it's like, and, and, and the focus, what's the focus? Oh, focus is us. Oh, yeah, there might be some other stuff in the background, right? But when you take a picture, let me ask you this. What is it that you make sure the focus is on? The stuff in the background can get blurry, right? It's okay if it's out of focus, but i got to be in focus because I'm the subject of the selfie. And the third thing is this, it's, and this I think is, really points out the whole issue with the selfie culture is this, is to post a selfie, to take the picture and all that, I don't need you. I don't need anybody. I, I don't say, here, take a picture of me, would you? I can take the picture myself. I can edit the picture myself. I can post the picture myself. Is, is the whole selfie culture is about this internalization, about everything really becoming about me. Even people who aren't selfish, even people who aren't conceited, yes, even people who follow Jesus Christ, is they don't realize. They don't realize how, how much they make their life about them and, and they make decisions and, 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 and the things they say and the things they do, they do it without even thinking about how does this impact the people who are around me. That we, that, that we forget this. And so here's, here's, here's what I want to do for you today. Uh, unless you just want a prayer, but I think you want more than that. I think you really want something in life to happen. And so here's what I, I want to I, I walk with you as quickly as I can the rest of this message on, in some dangers of the selfie culture. The things that you, and, I, and I'm, talking, I'm talking about people who are following Christ, people who are saved on their way to heaven and all that, these are the dangers that if we're not careful, and listen, I'm not talking about, I'm not just talking about these could happen, to some, these are happening in us and to us and around, and, and they're getting a hold of us, and if, and if we don't pay attention, you know, because I think one of the things we do is, is we hear this, say, yeah, that, 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 somebody needed to hear that. No, we need to be hearing today, God, what is it I need to hear? Because you're dealing with stuff. I want you free. You're struggling with stuff. I want you free. Like I said last week, Jesus Christ did not die so you would live behind a filter or a mask or a wall. Jesus died so that you could be free from your past and free from the judgment, from the condemnation. Remember John three seventeen that we quoted last week? from the condemnation, the judgment that is out there, that Jesus died so we could be free from all that. That's what I want for you. And I struggle so much and ask God, and I say, you know, if I could just do it for him. And God reminds me, I can't. I can't do it for you. I can pray a prayer, I can preach a message, but I can't do it. You have to, and you've got to dig in here. And you've got to figure out what it is that I can do. Salvation, yeah, that's done. If you're a child of God, if you've asked Christ to be your Savior, eternity is settled for you. You don't, you don't pay for that. You don't have to do it. That, that's there, okay? Jesus Christ already paid for that. You're on your way to heaven. All, all that's taken care of. But you want those blessings or you want that thing in your life that you can't, that you can't get rid of, that it just keeps coming back. You want that handled? Then, then I want to preach to you today for a moment if I can. Okay, so we're going to talk about dangers right here. And this one's crazy. Okay, this is, this is an actual stat right here. Um, the dangerous selfie culture, Snapchat dysmorphia. That's an actual real thing these days. Last year, 2017, 55% of plastic surgeons said they had patients seek surgery so they could look better in selfies. Think about that. People are having their face cut on so they can look better in a selfie. <laughs> so they can look, 55% of the, of Plastic surgeons said they had someone ask them to make them look better for selfies. 
They weren't asking to make me look better. They weren't asking to make me be healthier. They weren't asking to help myself. They were saying, I want to impress other people. What is it that is within us? See, there, here's the problem. It's not about selfies. It's, it, it, the problem is not selfies. It didn't start with selfies, and it doesn't end with selfies. The problem is there is something inside of us that, that, that makes us want to reach out. And so whether you post selfies or not, that's, I'm, I'm not just you know, preaching to the people who post selfies. I'm talking to all of us. That there is something inside. There is some, something that is missing. There is some, some yearning that we have, some desire that, that's not yet being fulfilled. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. When you become a Christian, everything's supposed to be fulfilled. Jesus is supposed to fulfill of you. And, and we're not supposed to have to be looking at having surgery and reaching out in some ways like that to try and impress people, to impress people that we don't even know. I mean, because when we're posting things on social media, you know, if we're trying to impress, we're impressing strangers, right? We're, we're impressing the people, people that don't even know us, but we want to look good in, uh, in, our, in our social media posts. I mean, why would we do this? So, so let's dig a little deeper. So, the second slide here. We project the images we think others value. That's what we do, right? Because we buy the stuff we think others like. Okay, anybody ever done that? You didn't really buy exactly what you wanted because somebody had said something, and so you felt like you had to buy something else. Anybody ever bought something different than what you really were? I see people turning their head, you know, so you, somebody's done that, right? You know, I, I got to have this, you know, the, the, little, the little swoosh right here, you know. Can't go buy the Walmart knockoff, you know. Got to have the swoosh right here because that's what everybody else is wearing, right, or something like that. That we have, we buy what we think others like. Or we eat where we think they want to eat. Now, I, I hope the owner of Sneaky Pete's isn't here when I say this. But, you know, we don't go down to Sneaky Pete's and, to, and snap a selfie and say, guess where I ate today, right? <laughs> we go to Brio. <laughs> you know, Saltgrass, that's the new place in town, right? And we snap our picture there because we want to impress people. That's what it is. It's all about this. We want to impress people. So we do that. We, we eat and we post selfies on things like that to impress people because we think that's where they would like to eat if they were as lucky as us today, right? We, uh, we shop, we dress, we act, we talk, we do all these things, et cetera, et cetera, that we think other people would like for us to do. We do the things that we think would impress other people. We, we do what other people value. And then the crazy part is most of them aren't even paying attention. And if they are, it's like, well, that's not really what I was talking about anyway. You know, yeah, that happens, right? Happens to you. You go buy what you think, and then it's not the same. It's not the exact thing. Whatever. We do that. Why, but why do we do that? What is, what, is this, what is this thing inside of us that makes us want to impress strangers and impress people that don't even matter? Why do we spend all this time on the external? That's what God impressed Simon Peter to address in the Scripture. In, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 through 4. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. Okay, you know what? I hear people a lot of times say, the Bible does not talk to our modern day. The Bible does not talk to us. It's an old, old document. It's an old, old word, and it doesn't speak. <laughs> Do we need to read that again? <laughs> the Bible is Bible's nailing us to the wall right here, is it? Don't be concerned about outward beauty, fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. 
And here's a little bit, I guess, in a way, a paraphrase or, or an explanation. Here's what I think God has impressed Simon Peter to, 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 uh, to handle here and talk about, is instead of editing our outer selves to impress others, we should spend our time bettering our inner selves. That's what he's talking about. It's, instead, of, instead of worrying about changing all of this on the editing our appearance, we should be really creating the person inside that we really need to be. That, that God's not focused on that outward appearance, but he's focused on that, that inner. That's what's more important. And I mean, I've heard it all of my life. If we get that inside of us, taking care of all this outside, take care of itself. And I've heard it all of my life, and I know some people use that for a different meaning, but that's the truth. And it's what, it's, it's what, what does he say? It's, that's what's precious to God, is the beauty that is inside. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go on from there. What's next slide there for me, Tommy? Here's why we do this. Because sometimes we may feel our lives don't measure up to the social media personas of other people. Don't do this, because what you're doing is you're looking at somebody's snapshots. Don't compare your behind the scenes to someone else's highlight reel. Because that's what you're doing when you're looking at social. You're looking at somebody's highlights. You're looking at that moment. They're not showing you when things, things fell apart. You're looking at them and saying, man, don't they have the perfect family? Look at all those kids sitting up there all dressed nice. Nobody's thrown up on themselves. Nobody's got their finger in somebody else's nose. <laughs> right? Oh, they got the perfect family, and they've taken 200 pictures just to get that one. In reality, they might have taken about 10 and just edit that one out. Okay, this, this kid's acting good here, so let's put him here. This kid's acting good in this picture and moving around and editing and all those things, right? Don't compare your, people don't show their behind the scenes on social media. We don't do that with our selfies. So don't compare, don't, don't compare your, your behind the scenes life with somebody's highlight reel. That's not what this is about. Think about the, the what is really real there. Let's go on the next, next slide. If you wear the mask long enough, you start believing the lie. You know, this is what really happens to people that are caught up in selfies. Okay, and we're not preaching about selfies, but we're using it as the example. People are really caught up in them. They really start seeing themselves as the image that they're fixing. <laughs> they don't even see themselves as the real anymore. They see themselves as the image that they're portraying everybody else to be. And we can do that in our lives also, not just with selfies, I mean with everything. The selfie culture is that when, it, is we no longer see ourselves as we really are. We don't even look beyond this and see what's really there. That we just see this, that we portray to everybody else. Romans 1, says, I'm sorry, back up and give me that, oh uh, yeah. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. You remember, and I've said this before, but so, and I didn't say it first. Somebody else coined this a long time ago. The hardest people to help are the people who don't know that they don't know. Right? And let me tell you this. If you don't know that you don't know, you are probably the only person in the room that doesn't know you don't know. You know what I'm talking about? It's when you think you know it all, you're the only person in the room that thinks that. Yeah, I was going to say so, I was going to say this in my uh, small group this past week, and I got a little long-winded, had to cut a lot of stuff out. I'm going to bring it back to my small group this week. So, but I'm going to I want to share it right here. It's kind of an adaptation of something I heard somebody say a long time ago. God gave you two ears, two eyes, and one mouth. You should use them accordingly. 
You know what that means? That means you ought to be talking about 20%. The rest of the time, you ought to be listening and watching. But what we do is, and this selfie culture does it to us even more and more and more, is we, is we, we don't, we don't kind of think we need anything else. We've got it all figured out. We already know everything. Nobody can share. Nobody can tell us anything. I talked a little bit about that last week. But let's take it on a little further. So nobody can tell us anything. Is we don't really need anybody else. I can take the selfie myself. I don't need you. I don't need. I don't need connections. I don't need anything. Anything else that's right there. Go on, go on to the next slide if you can. Relationships become increasingly shallow. Now this is this is a step now from the previous one. We don't want anything from others except their approval. That's what that's what we do in selfies. But that's what we're doing in this selfie culture that we live in. Is it? Our relationships are getting more and more shallow because we don't want anything from anybody else. We don't want anybody, we don't need anybody else's wisdom. We don't need anybody to tell us. We don't need a small group. We don't need another sermon. We don't, we don't need a mentor. I mean, those are the things I hear people say these days. And I, I definitely see people living like that. I, even Christians, I, I don't need these kinds of people. I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And our relationships get smaller and smaller because all we need is, we just need people's approval. That's what, that's what selfie culture will do to you, is it'll just make you embrace their, their approval and nothing else, is we don't need anything from anybody else. We don't need them to challenge us. We don't need them to help us grow. We don't need them to tell us, well, you, know, you could have done this better here. You were wrong. You got anybody in your life that you let say, that's a stupid idea. I've, t I've asked you that before. Do you have anybody like that? If I ask you that one time before, if you've been in a service where I asked that question and you had to say, no, I don't have anybody that I let tell me stuff like that, and now today I'm asking you that question, then you definitely need to heed my advice today. Find someone in your life that you allow to tell you that's a stupid idea. Because I guarantee if you don't have somebody like that, you are bringing a lot of stupid ideas to come to pass into your life. You're having a lot of stupid actions because of those stupid ideas that nobody's challenging. Let's take this one more step. Next slide. Here's what happens because of those relationships being so shallow, we begin to believe we make our own reality, our own truth. And this, this is really a big deal in our culture today, is we make our own truth. You know, whatever you believe, you know, whatever works for you, Whatever you think is right, whatever you feel, I feel something different every day. Some days I feel good, and some days I feel like I'm tired. I don't, I don't want to. It, it's not about what you feel, and it's not about what you think. There is a truth. There's a reality. Proverbs 21 and 2, people may be right in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their heart. Now, that's not just saying that God's judging. That's not just what that is saying. You know what that's saying? That's talking about the selfie culture. That's saying we all see something good. We're looking at an image of something that we've cleaned up, we've dressed up and whatever, and, and it looks pretty good to me. Yeah, I got all kinds of problems here, but, but this one looks pretty good to me. You know, and, 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 and so we see, there's nothing I was talking about, in their own eyes, with our eyes, things look okay. But God's saying, no, the important thing is in the heart. It's not what you see with your eyes. It's not what looks back at you in the mirror. you got to look deeper than that. Can I challenge you this morning? If you, want, if you want more than just a prayer from your pastor, then hear me say this. You have to look deeper than what you see in the mirror. 
you got you got to be introspective. you got to look down into that heart and say, what is here that shouldn't be here? And what, what is the empty, this empty place? And here's what we do with it. It's an empty place that God is supposed to fill. Instead of going after God and digging and getting what we need from Him, we start filling it with all these other substitutes and trinkets and little things that don't mean anything to us. And so then we wonder why, why our lives are, are not fulfilled and why there's not any, any, any real in our lives and those things. And the reason? It's because we don't have God in the place that we're supposed to. You've got to go there. I'll pray the prayer for you, and I'll ask God, give me a sermon. But once, I, once God gives me that sermon and gives me something, you've got to dig. You've got to do it. You've got to get there. Let me, let me show you something. I think this is, I call this an obscure scripture because I, I don't hear people read it. I don't hear people quote it. I don't, I, I don't know that I've even heard anybody preach using this particular verse right here in this way. Set this up just a little bit. The whole nation of Israel has been delivered from slavery. They're on their way to the promised land, this land that God has promised to them. And on their way, this is what God speaks to them. Your pattern of worship will change. Today, all of you are doing as you please because you have not yet arrived at the place of rest, the land the Lord your God is giving you as the spe your special possession. So what he's saying is we're on our way to this, but we ain't got there yet. And you guys are worshiping God like you please. But when we get, and, and that's what he goes on, the next few verses, what he goes on, he says, when you get to that blessing, when you get to that miracle, when you get to all of this that God wants for, that land flow of milk and honey, that dream that he has had for you, that he wants to make you his special people, when you get there, it's going to, it's going to require obedience and worship. Okay, so here, here's the thing, is God is making a connection between obedience and blessing. He's making a, a connection between obedience and blessing. Now, on, on, hearing this scripture, here's what he's talking about. When you get the blessing, you better be obedient if you want the blessing to continue. And we know that all through scripture, uh, all through scripture, I mean, this sowing and reaping thing, as we were talking about, I think it was last week, we were talking about that sowing and reaping thing, it's always there. So if we want the blessing, we've got to have the obedience. God makes the connection. What were these people? You know what these people were doing? They were worshiping God however they wanted to whenever they wanted to. I don't feel like worshiping God. I don't worship God this weekend. I'll choose another. All through Scripture. Let me tell you, all through Scripture. All through Scripture, commitment and consistency and regular worship is, is in, encouraged, instructed, and even demanded by God. And God is, listen, God has, he's already given his very best for you. And so what he says, this sovereign God of the universe says, but, and so now here's what I want, this is how I want you to worship me. Is you don't choose to worship God, but that's, that's what we think, is we make our own truth. We make our own reality. We, we choose, our, this is how I want to worship God. It doesn't matter how you want to, because you're not worshiping him if you're giving him what he doesn't want. And if you're not giving, giving, him, giving him what he does want, and so there is a, did you just want a prayer? Is that all you wanted or do you really want to be out of this? Are you listening? Some of you, some of you are really struggling this morning. And some of you say, well, I'm not struggling enough to really want it yet. But when you get to that place that you want more than just a prayer, hear this. There is a connection between obedience and worship. If you send a prayer, if you send a prayer request to the prayer team, you hear me. The prayer team can pray for you. I get those too, so I can pray them with you as well. But you need to dig and understand there is a connection between obedience and blessing. 
in every part. And see, and I wanted to bring you this scripture because I wanted you to see it even in our worship. Even in our worship, we have to be obedient. All of these things. I think this is the last slide. This is the last slide, and then we'll close. Yeah. So we grow to feel we aren't responsible for anyone but ourselves. That's what Cain said, right? Am I my brother's keeper? That's what he said. And I've heard people use that as an excuse to not be concerned about other people. You ever heard somebody say, well, you know, the Bible talks about not being your brother's keeper. That was a guy who just killed his brother. I would advise you to not use the words of a murderer to support your theology. Now, you're laughing either because that's just funny or because you've done that before. Probably the nervous laughter was the ones that have done that before, right? And so, do you know what? When he says, when Cain asked that question in Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, he says, am I my brother's keeper? God doesn't answer him. You know why? Because he's already answered him. Because the que- when, when God asked the question, he was answering the question that Cain threw back at him. God says, where's your brother? So when Cain says, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? God didn't have to answer the question. He had already told him the answer to the question. The answer is that I've already asked you, where's your brother? So yeah, I must, I must, be, I must be saying that your brother is important. You need to be looking out for him. You know, y'all are brothers. You need to be there for him. And Cain, he didn't even respond because, really, he lied. He said, I don't know where he is. He knew exactly where he was. When you kill somebody, they don't move. He knew exactly where he killed him. He was laying right where he left him. He knew where he was. But he says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? He lied. He tried to change the subject. And listen, you can change the subject all day long if you want to. But if you, if you just want a prayer, then that might work for you. But if you really want to be delivered from something, if you really want something to happen in your life, you're going to have to dig in. And don't, 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 don't change the subject. Don't make any excuses. Say, I want this, and I want this bad enough for this to happen. Let's read this scripture, and I'm going to bring you to the front. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Again, people say the Bible doesn't talk to our modern day. You see that? <laughs> The Bible, again, is nailing us to the wall. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Let me say this real quick. Is, is, is what he's saying there is you need to think of others as important more often than yourselves. He's, saying, he's not saying you're not, you know, you're not as good as everybody else. You need to think. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you need to think about others uh, uh, and, and is better than yourselves, more important. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Yes, we're coming. And I could have brought you other scriptures. I think this is the best one. That's why I brought you this one, okay? Is that we are, we are instructed to be paying attention to other people around us. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Tell me, what attitude did he have? Come on, tell me what attitude he had toward other people. Come on, think about it. What, what attitude did Christ have toward other people? Was it, am I my brother's keeper? No. I like how my father-in-law used to say it. He said, he said, Jesus Christ, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wrapping himself around that rock and praying to God. He was bargaining for our souls. This is the, this is the attitude that Christ had. Okay, so now put all of this that I've preached, they put it in a bag, tie it up, and pull it tight with a drawstring all together because it all fits right here together. And here it is. Okay, if you just want a prayer, I'll give you a prayer, and it'll be over for me in about five minutes, you know. My prayer's done. You still got to live for that. But if you want more, you understand this. Obedience and blessing 
are connected. And, and the whole thing is connected right here. All of those things that we're supposed to be doing, it's a, you know, being obedient is that right there. Not being selfish, being humble, looking out for others because this is what Christ did for us. If you're a Christian today, you're a Christian because Jesus Christ was not concerned about himself, but he was concerned about you. And now that you're a Christian, here's what he's saying. He said, now go be concerned about someone else. Take the walls down. Take the masks off. Remove the filters. Quit protecting your time at all costs. Go after, go after somebody else that needs to know Jesus Christ is their Savior if they will let him be. That's what it, and if you do, it's in that obedience that the blessing is connected to. Obedience and blessing are connected. You can't have, you can't have the blessing without the obedience. Salvation was the only part that was free. We got to dig for the rest. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.